Start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And today we are talking The Jacket, season two, episode three. This episode aired February 6th, 1991. Mr. Corey, would you please give us the rundown on the episode? Jerry wears his expensive new suede jacket to meet Elaine's intimidating novelist father. When snow begins to fall, Jerry plans to protect the suede by turning the jacket inside out, revealing a pink candy-striped lining, much to the dismay of Mr. Bennis. Okay, classic. Yes, I would say this is a very classic episode. Yeah, there's some good moments. Yes. And uh, this episode starts off with a stand-up bit. Like all of them, baby. <laughs> this one is uh, a bit about like clothes. Jerry's like, I-, I hate clothes, and I hate like basically I hate fashion. And he basically uses the point that in the future, everyone is going to wear the same clothes. There is no, there's not going to be any more fashion. And he based this on like sci-fi movies that he he watches, <laughs> like you know the 1950s style where everyone's wearing like these you know silver jumpsuits and and then boots so that's that's his basis of what the future is going to be and that's what the bit's all about yeah i uh i don't disagree with it every all sci-fi movies do this exact same damn thing you know you you see about it in like bill and ted in the future they're all wearing the same stuff uh you know it's pretty much what they're doing i guess you know yeah a few of them like back to the future they somewhat still have their own separate fashion and whatnot but there's just tons of them especially in like the older movies they're all wearing the exact same damn thing it's definitely like a sign of the times of how old Jerry is and like what was he was watching when he was growing up because he was probably watching a lot of the old, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s type of stuff. Maybe maybe even like some Plan 9 from Outer Space you know, yes. when, when he was a kid. And that's to him, that's the joke. And, you know, because he's still a kid. So he, we know he watches that movie because uh, it's the worst movie of all time. And that's right. he wants to go see it later. <laughs> exactly. But uh, you, you know what I thought about when I, when I listened to this stand-up bit was – Oh my god, this kind of reminds me of Corey, because all he fucking talks about is their clothes in Seinfeld. Every episode, <laughs> you bring up something about their goddamn clothes. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> I saw that. Well, it actually reminded me of later on when Larry David plays that character that Jerry wakes up in the middle of the night, you know, laughing yeah. at the line, and he's wearing like a silver like junk suit type of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Very but, true. But it's 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 basically a setup to the first scene, which you know you'll get into in a second, where there he's shopping for a jacket, and it's a nice little setup of the situation. Yep, exactly. Uh, as you mentioned, they are at a men's store. It's Jerry and Elaine. Uh, they have a nice little kind of joke about uh, you know finding something in the back. Kind of a good little back and forth with them um, as this one guy is like trying to help them looking in the back. Uh, I never really worked retail, so I never really had to do like the let me go check the back or have someone deal with me about, you know, uh, or ask me, oh, can you go check the back for this? Uh, I've been quite lucky. I never really, really had to do it. You know, when I was in high school, I did something, but I, I really didn't have to worry about checking the back <laughs> i mean i i did retail but it was funko land so when i would check the back i would just be going back there to get a ps1 for somebody a refurbished ps1 those things always died by the way yeah <laughs> so we hear about elaine's father 
Alton Benes. Uh, he's apparently some prolific writer. Um, you know, he's apparently in town, and Elaine wants Jerry and George to join them uh, at their dinner that they're having because she doesn't she doesn't seem to have like a really close knit relationship with her father. Yeah, he's a standoff guy. <laughs> yeah, you've learned a lot about that later. And they also have this great exchange. And Jerry has my favorite line of the entire episode where he says, frankly, I prefer the company of nitwits. <laughs> and then Elaine said, uh, like, her, her retort is, uh, you know, that's why we didn't, you know, work out, basically. And then Jerry, like, mames, like, like mimes this, like, being stabbed in the back by a knife sort of thing. It was just mm-hmm. a great little exchange between the two uh, of them. And I thought it was, I thought it was it was funny as hell and my i love that line frankly i prefer the company of nitwits i agree it's a really good line and I, I, you like it even more and more like the more you know the characters like knowing and like this being like the third or fourth time that we've seen seinfeld you know how many nitwit they're they're fucking nitwits george elaine kramer they're all fucking nitwits and you know jerry just knowing that they are and, and calling them out as that i did find that line even funnier uh than it probably even should have been but well also the fact that you know what i i, I prefer the company of nitwits <laughs> <laughs> Nit- fuck you <laughs> fuck <laughs> that's you. why we're such good friends but <laughs> that's why we're not gonna last on this podcast they're gonna see the the deterioration of yours and my friendship is coming <laughs> guys this is the last episode of Cartwright, yeah. a Seinfeld <laughs> podcast. Fuck you. Uh, but dude, that jacket is horrific, by the way. So Jerry, call, he sees out this uh, suede jacket, and you're calling, you're saying that the jacket's horrific? You don't think so? No, I mean, the inner lining is stupid. I mean, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's this shitty, like, you know, pink candy stripe. But the jacket itself looks pretty good. Like, the outside of it, I think he looks it looks fine. And if it was as soft as they made it seem, <laughs> then that might be pretty good. I want to see you walk in with a suede jacket like that right now and tell me that that it looks good on you in 2019. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, so he he let's just cut to his apartment and he's kind of like wearing the jacket with his pajamas and shit like that. But I feel we've all had those kind of jackets. You know, I yes. absolutely have had a couple jackets in my lifetime that I've worn them and I'm just like Fuck, I look good in this thing. I'm confident as shit. I could pick up any lady that I wanted to. I do agree. It it for the time it was a good jacket. It was a nice jacket. Yeah. I was just busting your balls a little bit. But like I I love the the smash cut to him just sitting in his yes. uh, on the couch in his pajamas. Just he looks so happy sitting there in his jacket. And yes, I agree with you. We've all bought that article of clothing that we were so excited to wear that we just basically wore it when we're not supposed to you know yeah i agree with you that was that was great i felt it i loved love love the look of just complete happiness on jerry's face oh man i had a I, ha- I have this one leather jacket that i like a lot and it looks almost like a like a biker jacket like not like a yeah like oh yeah like a like a motorcyclist jacket but not a you know harley biker jacket but i feel like i look good in that one there's this other one that i really fucking loves I don't know why I got rid of it. I got rid of it because I was moving out of Denver and it was like a heavy jacket. And I'm like, fuck, I'm moving. I'm moving out of the snow and I'm never going to move back. So I think I ended up giving it to a friend. Uh, But it was like it was like water buffalo leather or some shit like that. And it wasn't like a super cheap jacket. I think it was like eh, two or three hundred dollars. But it was like, you know, I I put it on. and I'm like, 
fuck yeah, I look good. And fuck yeah, I feel comfortable. And so I, I've kind of, you know, I related to Jerry when he was walking around in his pajamas <laughs> and jacket. Because I'm like, fuck yeah, I, I've had those for sure. Yeah, dude, I totally. My mom just bought me a peacoat for Christmas. And I'm like, I love this thing. I'm never going to wear it because I live in Los Angeles. And it yeah. doesn't get any lower <laughs> than 50. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking Christmas Day and you could be go out, out to the pool. And yes. <laughs> Welcome to L.A., baby. Yeah. So uh, at his apartment, Kramer comes in and he actually kind of confirms that the jacket looks good. Uh, he does make a, you know, a poke at the lining. You know, that's just kind of a continuous thing about how shitty this candy cane lighting lighting is looking. Which it, it'll come back later. Yes. The, 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 the joke will come back later. Breadcrumbs, baby. That's good writing right there. It's fantastic writing. That's why this episode is fantastic. Yes. And similar enough, similar enough here as well, we get uh, Kramer kind of pressing about the price. Uh, something that will kind of semi come back again later. Or at least, you know, kind of it, it just kind of hurts even more later knowing, you know, how high of a price this thing is. And what's kind of funny is being the, the kind of scammer that he is. Or not a scammer, but he keeps keeps jacking sh- Jerry's shit from his food or whatnot. He he uh he kind of talks Jerry into taking his old leather jacket. So now Kramer's got a new leather jacket of his own. Kramer definitely has a way with Jerry. I don't quite know why Jerry sort of lets him get away with what he can get away with. Yeah. And I mean, my big takeaway was that it's expensive being Kramer's neighbor. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You have to feed him. You have to clothe him. And this is only the second season. If you add up, wow, that would be something interesting to do. Hey, (laughs) hey, all you fans out there, why don't you add up at the end of this entire series and let us know how much, like, Kramer actually, you know, took from Jerry, you know, just from mooching. Just just from what we've seen, like from exactly. everything that we see that he takes out, he takes an he bites an apple and walks away with it, add that price up. He takes a, you know, an older leather jacket here and then, you know, the suede jacket after that and or whatever, but like even at a discounted price I say cuz they're, you know, they're both used, but I mean, fuck yeah. It's got to that's got to be insane. And then no matter what that number is, Remember that Jerry and Kramer have been living next to each other for I think ten years. They established uh, in the first season. Well, they said they yeah they did say they did say that they that or Kramer had been there for ten years. Kramer had that, been there for ten years. I'm not sure Jerry had been there for ten years. That's the thing. I would say pro- they have been roommate or not roommates. Uh, you know, at least neighbors for I'd say at least three years at that point. As comfortable yeah, as they years. are, man, it's just it's insane. But one more takeaway from this little exchange: that was one of the most low key entrances from Kramer. I think in the entire series, <laughs> yeah. He just he just kind of slid in. I, no, I take that back. He did not slide in because he does do that. He just kind of like. Opened the door and just came in. I was like, huh, that was interesting. Yeah. Now, I, I was only like trying to give pushback on how long Jerry had been there because I was recently watching season nine. I mean, fuck, I'm, I'm, even though we're watching the, the episodes for this, I still watch other episodes just for fun, of course. Um, and at, at one point in season nine, I think Jerry says like specifically, oh, we've been neighbors for, I think he said 11 or 12 years at that point. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, and, and this is in season nine. Uh, so maybe that establish that establishes that you know that they have been there for for only you know that many years. But at the same time, this isn't the kind of show that every year of the show has to be a year of their life. They could be 
multiple parts of the same year. Uh, that's, that's getting into weird shit, and it doesn't really matter. So, uh, fuck it. We can go on conspiracy theories about exactly how long things are taking in, in, in the world of Seinfeld. I'm all for getting in on the weird shit with uh, and going in deep. At this point, we've both seen the show so many times. Yeah, if, yeah. if something comes up, you know, if any kind of behind-the-scenes tidbits of information come up that we sort of find out on, you know, on Wikipedia or whatever, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, you know, we'll incorporate that in here. You know, obviously, this is mostly just how we're enjoying it and feeling about it. Yes. I, I do like some of the behind the scenes stuff and you keep it you know it, you got to sometimes take it keep it in mind as, as to how things panned out later on too it very much one affects the other as it were yeah yeah absolutely all right uh later in the day george comes over and he is singing master of the house dun, 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 dun. So apparently it's some song from les mis i've never actually seen les miserables so i can't guarantee it uh, but I think that's it's some something like that, uh, which is this is a running song throughout the entire episode, specifically with George singing it. There's about I'd say three through lines that pay off later, like three gags mm-hmm. that are that either pay off midway through the episode or all the way at the end, like ongoing essentially. Yeah, um, they kind of have a weird talk about this song being stuck uh, in some in in like the the guy's head that wrote it or like a note and then he kind of went crazy and now George is kind of being neurotic about it. That was Jerry fucking with him though. Like that was yeah, just okay. Jerry messing okay. with him. Maybe that was some kind of urban legend way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was Les Mis. Uh, George saw it. He said he saw it the night before. Um, and so the guy, he, you know, Jerry was saying that the guy who wrote Les Mis or the music in Les mm-hmm. Mis basically went insane on this one tone or tune or trying to figure out this one song got stuck in his head. He thought it was an A. Yeah. He thought it was an A note. <laughs> but I, I think that I really think that that was just Jerry fucking with George. <laughs> very, very likely. Very likely. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So Jerry grabs his new jacket before they head out. George is in awe about it. He's like, oh, fuck, this is a big deal. This is really nice. And he says a fantastic line. And this is probably my favorite line of the episode. He says, can I say something to you? And I say this with a staunch, unblemished record of heterosexuality. It's fabulous. And what I kind of like about this line, one, you know, it's just it's a good delivery by George. But also it's something that kind of comes back with the writing, uh, kind of like the heterosexuality, the gayness, the it's fabulous. Um, you know, uh, being gay is something that will kind of actually come back to later where Elaine's dad thinks George is gay. And like with him, the whole singing and like him, you know, loving show tunes or whatever, it all kind of like. It's very subtle writing, but it works really fucking well together. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And that was that was going to be like my backup favorite line of, of the mm-hmm. episode. And George or Jason Alexander delivered it fantastically. And I do. I, I went with you. I, I really enjoyed that little exchange right there. Um, but before you get into the meat of this scene, which is fantastic mm-hmm. and, and amazing, uh, there's something earlier that I caught in the scene where uh, Jerry Jerry calls George an idiot for something for some reason, and George goes, "What are you, Bud Abbott, calling me an idiot?" And I was like, "Oh, that's cool, Abbott and Costello." That's again another mm. old school movie reference that both of these guys would know growing up because it was on you know TV and stuff when when they were growing up. They probably saw you know saw some old ones in the theater and everything. But I was like, "Oh man, you, you don't hear Abbott and Costello fucking references no. in, in 2019." No, you know? hell no. Yeah, so I, I enjoy those, and I enjoy like. Like, you know, when I hear him, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, if this is like 80 something and, you know, or 90 something, early 90s, George and Jerry are what their early 30s, you know, yeah, that 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 tracks. That's the kind of stuff they'd be yes. watching, you know? Yeah, definitely. 
All right. So I guess as you put it, the meat of this scene is a great back and forth uh, of George pressing about the cost of this jacket. Hold on. It's not even a back and forth. It is a one-sided <laughs> <Yeah>. conversation <laughs> that is spectacular. <laughs> and George and Jerry has just these still reactions that they cut back to, and it's fantastic. But yeah, it's just George and Jason Alexander does a fucking great job. Like they just he just goes over the top just trying to figure out the price of this jacket, which we don't actually get confirmation, you know, exactly how expensive this thing was because you know jerry doesn't say anything but uh it's fucking up there yeah george just completely loses his damn mind because he starts out you know just oh don't you know don't you'll tell me when when you want (laughs) to tell me you know it's okay he's like well and he walks away he's like you know but if you paid like 300 bucks for it yeah it'd be cool to know that he takes another step did you did you pay more than 300 for this how and and jerry doesn't say anything the entire time and george keeps digging and goes more and more and more insane it's fantastic i i was laughing my ass off i loved that whole exchange right there yeah i feel that is another just one of those good kind of classic seinfeld exchanges that once it happens once it's like going on i'm just like oh fuck yeah i I remember the scene i like this part a lot yeah definitely Uh, Kramer eventually comes in and trying to coax Jerry into helping him out with some goddamn scheme like he typically is trying to have him help him uh, help him out with some birds. Uh, And, you know, Jerry and George like, no, we can't do this. We're going over. And and that's and that's the end of the birds or so we think. But the only thing we got to know is Kramer claims it's going to be a two minute help me out type of thing. And Jerry says, oh, you know, once Kramer leaves and he says to George, he's like, you know, I've known Kramer long enough to know that a two-minute thing is a 20-minute thing, and, you know, that's yeah, going to be easily. the big slam dunk. The writing on this episode, all cylinders, 100% all cylinders. Yeah, I, I concur. Uh, yeah, set up and payoff every single time, and we get payoff after payoff eventually. Payoff after payoff, like one payoff will come sooner than the other that you think will come later, and then another one comes back around again. It's, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Truly fantastic. Uh, all right, we get to, I guess, like a, the hotel where the hotel bar or a restaurant bar or some shit, they're just grabbing some drinks uh, at this place uh, where they where George and Jerry get there, and Elaine isn't there. George, of course, is still singing uh, for some reason, right? Anytime he enters a place in this episode, he's singing Master of the House, which is funny. Um, <laughs> Elaine's, Elaine's not there yet, so they have to very awkwardly join Elaine's dad, uh, who is played by Lawrence Tierney. Dude, it's Joe from Reservoir Dogs. I yeah. couldn't believe it. I, I used to love Reservoir Dogs as a kid, and I've seen this episode, you know, a few times and everything. And mm-hmm. I'm watching, I'm like, why does he look fucking familiar? And I'm like, I know that face. And yeah, I IMDB'd him. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, that dude. <laughs> and he is like one of the scariest motherfuckers I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and he's, I mean, he plays scary guys. This is a, he's just Al- Alton or Alton or whatever. Uh, ben is, is a scary fucking dude, and it's so awkward between Jerry and George, who are non-confrontational people uh, at all, and this guy is so fucking intimidating, and I have to say, I fucking hate his character. No, I love him. No, not not as a you know as a enjoyable part of the show. It's fine, but this is the kind of person. If I had to deal with him in real life, I'd be like, "Fuck you, you old you know ignorant piece of shit old man. Go to hell because he takes himself too goddamn seriously. He can't take a fucking joke, and he's a complete asshole to everyone just because they aren't 
you know, exactly like him or they don't drink a goddamn scotch on the rocks or, you know, they sing a goddamn show tune. Fuck this guy if he was a real person that I had to deal with. How about that? That's what I have to say. It's funny for this situation. Of course, I know it's a sitcom, but in the back of my head, I'm like, fuck you, old man. Fuck you up your fucking fuckhole. <laughs> that is a perfect way to put it. And I mean, dude, I'm, I'm with you, man. If, if I had to interact in that situation, I do not do well in awkward situations like that. I would be like Jerry and George. I am not confrontational. I would get the fuck out of there. I can, I can get that. I'm on a bit on the other side. I tend to get confrontational. And so I would just probably not get into his face, but I would start saying shit to him. Uh, and it probably wouldn't go well. <laughs> it it pro- probably would not go well, especially <laughs> this guy. He's because he's from like yeah. the Korean War, dude. I loved, I loved what he uh, he asked Jerry or something about like which one of you guys are the funny one. And then George's like, oh, it's you know Jerry's the comedian. He's like, he said, uh, I we had a, I knew a guy like you back in Korea, <laughs> and he said a funny guy like you because uh, he he got his he was a tail gunner, got his brains blown out all over the Pacific. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I loved it. I loved his delivery. I just loved how he just like got his brains blown out all over the Pacific. It just Jerry. Yeah, the delivery is fantastic. This whole scene is all about Jerry and George's reactions. It's that everything yes. is is hinged on on it. And oh, by by the next scene when you know when they get into the to the bathroom and Jerry's just like splashing water on his face. He's like, I'm dying out there, man. It's like he he knows he's bombing. It's like it's like a nightclub mm-hmm. act, you know. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, their reactions, their being frightened to all hell from this old guy is funny. You know, I, I like it. I do. I, I, I enjoy the interactions. Absolutely. You know, and we find out that Elaine apparently won't be there for another 30 minutes. Uh, and we're just like, holy crap, what the fuck is going on with Elaine? She's usually punctual. Jerry even says that. <laughs> She's usually right on time. This kind of segues into a fun little stand-up bit where Jerry talks about how, like, all dads are intimidating. It's not, you know, not just your friend's dad, whatever. It's just all dads are intimidating. And be- the reason for this is because dads have figured out that they can just make their own people. So why put up with other people? Like, why put up with bullshit that you don't want to put up with when you can just go home and make your own people? People. That's that's the joke, and honestly, I fucking loved it. I thought it was one of the best, like Jerry sort of little stand up sections that I've that I've seen in a while. Uh, yeah, I, I say I didn't love it because I I pretty much forgot all about it. <laughs> yes, yes, you did because we cut out five minutes of us discussing where that stand up, and you're like, I I don't understand. Why didn't I write this down? Fuck you. I don't I don't I don't fuck up my notes. Uh, all right, so. There's a little bit more awkwardness when we come back out of the stand stand up of uh, just Jerry and George dealing with uh, Mr. Benes and it's funny. Uh, and then Elaine eventually fucking make it makes it her dad's in the bathroom at this time. I think a very very funny line. She said, "Where's dad?" George responds in his best impression, "He's in the bathroom." <laughs> I thought that is that was I think a funny line. That's that's one that you know. On the clip shows that we'll see later, I have a feeling that that one might that line might show up again. But we get a whole story from her, and honestly, it's it's a wild story, and I'm not going to repeat 
<laughs> everything about it. But the gist about it is Kramer ended up calling her to help with these birds and said it was going to be a two minute thing. And of course, it turned into this wild fucking story, uh, which you just have to hear Elaine telling about it because it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and at the end of it, like, so when she came into the scene, George and Jerry were like so pissed off at her. But by the time they finished hearing about her horrific story with Kramer, because it involves Kramer's car getting towed, etc. <laughs> they're just like, you know what? Not worth it. Like, you know, we, we all had bad nights here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, at this point, they're not like so super afraid of Elaine just yet. Um, you know, they almost feel bad for I mean, in the future, they would never do anything like that because they know she would just murder them. <laughs> yeah, because they were contemplating just leaving when when the dad left. And now they wouldn't because now they know Elaine. The, the, they fear her and rightfully so. <laughs> yes. It is interesting that at the end of the day, Kramer still fucked up their night. Yes, he did. Exactly. You know what that is? And it's good writing because like we thought you know, okay, we're, we're, we're kind of done with Kramer here, but no, we're not. You know, he, he found a way to uh, insert himself into their night somehow and is by fucking up uh, Elaine's timing. Exactly. Which, again, like you said, fantastic fucking writing. Yeah. Uh, so the dad comes back uh, and he decides like, oh, hey, let's go to this Pakistani restaurant that's only about five blocks away and we can walk there, which, you know, I didn't think there were any Pakistani restaurants because... When Babu Bhatt was in town, uh, there were no Pakistani restaurants. He had to open up his own Pakistani restaurant, if I remember, much later on in this series. That's a good point. That's a really, that's a really good point. Good job, buddy. Nice little connective thread there. And now my my question is, were Pakistani like restaurants in vogue back in the early 90s? Was that like a big deal to to go eat at a Pakistani restaurant? And then that being said, I don't know if I've ever eaten at a Pakistani restaurant. Is that just Indian food, quote unquote. I well, guess. that just sounds racist. I'm, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never had Pakistani uh, food either. I do imagine, you know, the proximity to India means the food have some similarities. I'm sure. Well, and and I guess you know maybe it's just more prevalent in New York, kind of like how we have like a lot more Korean food in L.A. because we have a higher Korean popul- population. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just maybe Pakistani food is just more of a New York thing, and we're just we're just L.A. scumbags out here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's probably that's probably it. I can tell uh, uh, here in uh, Lagrange, where I moved, a small town in Georgia, there is no Pakistani restaurant for miles. <laughs> I can't. I don't think it's a, not even one of the entire state if i had to guess i uh, that i'd have no doubt (laughs) uh but it's now snowing outside and jerry of course is worried about his jacket uh, and so you know it's suede man you can't get suede wet it's gonna ruin it uh and so he kind of comes up with the idea to flip it inside out but that horrendous looking liner is on the outside uh and so it looks awful and so just as he's about to leave and this is another reason i hate that fucking type of person because he is upset that jerry looks ridiculous and he's like you're not gonna i'm not gonna be seen with you just because you're wearing this pink and white uh striped jacket uh because he's homophobic he's a complete asshole and he's insecure in his own self that he can't walk down the street uh with somebody in a jacket that doesn't look like something he feels someone should wear so go fuck yourself Mr. Benes, go fuck yourself hard. I hate him. And I'm sure that's what Jerry was thinking when uh, <laughs> when he knew that his jacket was about to die. My only question is, <laughs> why didn't Jerry just be like, okay, walk ahead of me and I'll meet you there. If I'll just be there five minutes behind you. You know, I, I need... I need to grab an umbrella. Yeah. Exactly. He could have said that. He didn't even explain about the suede, you know, 
I'm sure the dad wouldn't have given a shit, though. Uh, he'd been like, well, you shouldn't have bought it. Yeah, $500 jacket. You shouldn't have bought a $500 jacket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Jerry could have done that and said, like, well, I'll walk ahead of you or, or behind you or whatever. God, fuck that guy. And fuck him trying to he, – he uses his own intimidation on other people, and I hate that. And he did that in Reservoir Dogs as well. Yeah, but it is funny. God damn it, it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> so – uh, all right, now we're going to cut to Jerry's apartment. And, of course, the jacket's all fucking ruined. Um, you know, they're just kind of going on about the night and, and how it kind of, you know, got destroyed. Uh, Kramer ends up coming in. Uh, or Cam- Kramer's there. And they, they he, Kramer ends up now taking that jacket as well. Uh, which is ridiculous. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I like it. I like it better like that. Like all yeah. ruined and everything. Uh huh. Uh, and he ends up, you know, even calling out, "Oh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's a shame you gave me your other jacket." And he doesn't give Jerry back his original leather jacket, which J- Jerry is too fucking nice. Yeah, my I actually wrote a note there. I noted that. I said, I said, you know, it's interesting. Jerry's not petty at all. He, you know, Kramer, Kramer takes his jackets away, and then Elaine's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. Not once did Jerry say, yeah, fuck you, fuck your dad. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I would have. I probably would have been pissed off at Elaine for putting me in that situation. Jerry is fucking, honestly, a cool dude for, for yeah. just being like, <laughs> you know what? Shit happens. He does not yeah. give a shit, honestly. And that kind of comes back, I think, later. They, I don't think they were sort of playing it on purpose right now, but later when he's when they actually address the whole even Steven thing, I, mm-hmm. I think that's like, a, this is the starting of that. You know, Jerry's just like, yeah, it fucking happens. That sucks. $500 gone. But you know what? He's a comedian. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Fun times next week. You know, like something will come back around the corner. Exactly. And I think it also, you know, we see Jerry be so mild-mannered in everything, in so many situations, that the few times that he does take it up a notch, it makes it funnier and it makes it more interesting. So, yeah, I, I think it's all part of it too. Yeah, I agree, and 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 I love it when he he does take it up a notch because it's usually his voice goes up a few notches. As yeah, well. it does. Yeah, uh, and then there's a, another funny line where Elaine says that uh, dad that her dad thinks George is gay, um, and Jerry's like, oh, it's because of the singing. And it's like, no, he pretty much thinks everyone is gay. And also another kind of funny thing: apparently, the dad had a really good time, <laughs> which is I think hilarious because he didn't he didn't sound like he was having a good time yeah no that's just him man <laughs> yeah uh but I, I do kind of like the gay line is is funny i think particularly because it's it subtly ties in with you know loving broadway show tunes um with just kind of like the even the kind of candy pink striped jacket like there, there's stuff that it all kind of does tie together right i picked up on the fact that elaine goes he's driving back to maryland and because i'm from maryland so of course i, I pick up on those things but later on we also find out late like a few seasons later we find out elaine is from towson maryland which is where i actually went to college at towson university mm-hmm. so i was like oh cool so that's been consistent pretty much the entire time yeah so uh you know, he's driving. Speaking of him driving back, we get a very quick little scene of him, you know, on the road driving, and he's singing to himself, "Master of the house, dun 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 dun, dun whatever the lines are." Yeah, uh, <laughs> ha ha ha. The, the the you know studio audience laughs it up, yucks it up. I I yucked it up on that one. I, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that made me laugh. I was like, <laughs> you know, bopping my head. <laughs> well, you know what? I I hope that tune gets stuck in his head and he goes crazy because <laughs> he's an asshole i know you do <laughs> i know uh, the final stand-up uh was was okay it was just a little bit about 
why like why is moisture so bad for leather the product leather it's like okay it comes from cows but cows uh, they're outside you know what water doesn't affect them and that's that's pretty much it i was like okay that that's kind of weak i think they should have ended it on the the dad bit which i thought was better i don't know i thought it was a pretty funny line though okay i mean yeah leather is you know that is it is it's what they're made of (laughs) It should it should be okay in the ring, but whatever. Uh, all right, uh, let's do our general discussion of the episode. Uh, I'll go first. I think this is a pretty decent episode, and maybe it's slightly better than um, decent episode. I really do hate the dad. You know, the jacket bit is funny. The writing is really funny. You know, that's the the. I do think that whole everything about the jacket is pretty like a, a classic. You know, it's like a when I think about Seinfeld, it's one of the scenes like you can kind of think about. Um, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. It's pretty solid. I mean, I don't think I liked it as much as you, probably because the dad pissed me off. Just <laughs> just trying to be that kind of guy. Um, and so I give it uh, I give it three and a half candy striped liners out of five. <laughs> that's a that's a good nice solid rating. <laughs> yeah, for all the reasons you liked it, I liked it. I don't know if it's because the dad is played by the guy from Reservoir Dogs that kind of adds <laughs> a little extra funniness to me, but I thought the episode as a whole was outstanding. Um, honestly, one of my favorites now, like I don't really remember it that well. I'd never used to watch it that often when I was younger. Yeah, whatever came on, but I didn't seek this episode out. So sitting here and actually watching it and paying attention to it was a real treat. I did not expect to enjoy this episode as much as I did. And it's it's because of mostly, it, I know that you hated the dad, but but yeah, it's fun. He is funny though. He is funny. I I, I hate him as the you know envisioning him in real life. That's really it. That's where my hate came which from. is which is, means he's a good actor because he's like, hey, you you can put yourself in that shoes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really Jerry and George's reaction to him, and that's where where I sort of connect because I feel like I would probably be in the same situation. Like I would be like passively trying to get out of that, you know. And and I think that at the end of the day is I was like, yeah, I totally feel you guys on that one, and I loved it. And I love the middle bit about the middle stand up bit about about guys can just make their own people. I'm like, that's such a that's such a great way to look at it. We can just make our own people. I don't have to deal with you. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our gist of the episode. Uh, Corey, where can we find you out in this crazy internet world? Yes, sir. You can find me on Instagram. I'm most active there at Corey Nation. And then I am all over the place podcast-wise. I have a video game podcast with my buddy Noah called NSFW Gamer. And I have a, well, you have this one right here, and I kind of help out on your alls uh, too, and uh, working on another one coming around the corner. Fantastic. Uh, Yeah, and if uh, you guys don't already listen to NSFW Gamer, you really should. It's a kick-ass podcast, as is Blast From Our Past podcast, that you can find me talking all things nostalgia with my brother. Uh, Listen to us, rate us, review us. Uh, Do the same thing with uh, Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And follow Blast Pastcast on Instagram. And I don't even think we give a shit about our Twitter anymore. And Facebook, we kind of don't do as much on that anyway. Uh, Instagram, where it's at. Just because I think, I don't know. That's all I do. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>